0: they've managed to turn their str dreams into reality if you're an ambitious woman who's looking to build a successful short-term rental business you are in the right place sister welcome to another episode of the str sisterhood this is your host stacy st john and thank you so much for spending a couple minutes with me today I am so super excited to introduce you to today's guest. But before we do, I want to share a quote that I recently read that resonated with me. And it says, one of the most courageous things you can do is identify yourself, know who you are, what you believe in, and where you want to go. Those Beautiful words come to us from Sheila Bethel, who is a best-selling author and global expert on leadership, change management, and customer service. Now, today we have an absolute rock star with us. I'm excited for you to meet Annette Forbes This girlfriend is a go-getter who kicked off her short-term rental journey with rental arbitrage and has since leveled up her game. Now she's juggling a brilliant blend of rental arbitrage, co-hosting, and owning short-term rentals. Do you not have any experience? Well, no worries. Annette is living, breathing proof that you can start from scratch and still make it big. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into my conversation with Annette. So today we are here with Annette Forbes, one of my favorite people. Annette, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for
1: having me. I love it.
0: Oh, my gosh. So I have so many questions to ask you. And first, I just want to call out for those of you who can't see Annette, she has an awesome sweatshirt on right now. And it says women are powerful. I freaking love it. Thank you so much for reminding yourself that you are powerful through what you're wearing. Love that. Yes. (laughs) So Annette, why don't you start off, if you're okay with it, and just share a little bit about who you are and what you do.
1: So my name is Annette Forbes, and first and foremost, I am a mother of one college kid. Wow. And (laughs) then I am also a retired military spouse, and by trade, I am also a registered nurse. So I wear a lot of hats
0: all the time. Girl, I feel you on that. (laughs) Now I'm curious. So you obviously played mom for uh, the last what, 18 years or so. You are a retired military wife. You're a nurse by trade. How on earth did you get started in the short-term rental industry?
1: So after 25 years of nursing, I became burnt out. You know, with nursing, you you give a lot of yourself and you, you know, at that point, I felt I felt like I was just giving too much of myself and, you know, I did all the things right. So education was my ticket, you know, out of humble beginnings. So I was like, okay, this is going to be it. I love nursing. I was a candy striper um, <laughs> when they had candy stripers back in the day. So I knew this, this is what I wanted to do as a nurse. But when I climbed the ladder of all the different things to be able to get to a corporate nursing position, and all I had to do is get out of my bed and walk maybe 20 feet to my office. And I did not want to do that. I no longer wanted to do that. So at that point, I realized, my family realized, okay, this nursing, it has served its purpose, but it may be time to move on from something like that.
0: Mm-hmm. And so when you decided to make that shift, were you aware of the short-term rental industry? How did, how did you get exposed to it?
1: Sitting in my home alone on Memorial Day, after I had left this position, this top position, uh, executive nursing, and I had no clue what I was going to do. I just knew I needed a break. So I was scrolling through on Memorial Day, just looking for Instagram, just something to entertain me. And I found this short-term rental stuff. I'm like, what is this all about? And so I started digging in, you know, the Airbnb. I had never rented an Airbnb before. And I'm like, well, let's see what this is all about. And once I dug into it and educated myself on it, I was like, I can do this. I have worked my, you know what off to make sure that people make millions of dollars and they have a comfort level that I don't have. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, and then teach yourself. You don't have to go back to school, which I did not want to do. So I was like, okay, just go ahead and teach yourself. And that's what I did. I taught myself, you know, YouTube University, jumping in uh, on podcasts, on Clubhouse, you name it, Facebook. Mm-hmm. So I educated myself on it and I said, okay, I can do this.
0: I love that. And so your first property was acquired through rental arbitrage, if I'm not mistaken. Talk with us a little bit about what that process was like for you and where your first property was located in proximity to where you live.
1: Yes. So rental arbitrage, I found this person on Clubhouse who was talking about, okay, well, you can actually do this without purchasing a home. And so I said, okay, well, let's let's hear more about that. So I really dug into that strategy and, and trying to figure out how we do this. And the very first thing was making phone calls, requesting people to, you know, allow you to ac- essentially run your business through their property. So after doing all of that, and arbitrage is not easy. It is not easy. You really have to convince a lot of people to say, hey, let's, let's go from a no to a yes. Like That is a whole art of being able to do that. And so, and finding the right people that you're going to provide value to, okay? When when I started Arbitrage, the biggest thing that I understood was there was a problem that I needed to solve. And so that's, that's how I got started. I found the right person who had the problem that I could solve and started from there. I had my first... Yes, for rental arbitrage after months of calling, months of calling, months of emails. I remember one day I sent out a hundred emails requesting to be able to do arbitrage, but I was so dedicated to getting this done. It didn't matter. I was going out in the rain, which I never do, but I was going out in the rain (laughs) to, to different apartment complexes to see whether or not they would allow it. So I really, I just took some of that drive from nursing and put it into this part here. When I finally got that, yes, it happened to be in Georgia. I did not live in Georgia. I live in Florida. And I was like, how in the world am I going to make this work? And I was like, OK, man, you'll figure it out. Just, just go step by step. And I did. So I figured out how to set up the property where I could manage it remotely, basically with all the different operations and the procedures you know, just figuring those out and really thinking as the guest and like, okay, if I'm a guest, what do I need, <clears throat> excuse me, what do I need to be comfortable in this space? So I put all of that together. I actually stayed in my first property for like two weeks because I wanted to feel what the guests would feel. And so through that, I learned a lot. But then after that two weeks of me staying there, guess what? I what? Had another Yes. <laughs> Oh my for, gosh. For arbitrage. <laughs> and so I was like, okay. And and so it was the beginning of the month. I was like, I'm gonna do this. So I literally drove drove from Georgia to Texas, where's the second one? Now oh my gosh. again, I live in Florida, but I drove to Texas and I set up another rental arbitrage there. And and I hit the ground running it was it was bananas and i couldn't even believe that i was doing all of this so fast
0: that is so amazing i have so many questions to unpack there i want to go back really quickly to something that you just mentioned is that obviously you identified you know either a person or a property with a problem mm-hmm. Would you mind just walking us through at a high level how you identified that? What what types of questions were you asking? You know, were you just calling uh properties that are on apartments.com or Craigslist? And how did you have that conversation to identify, okay, here's an opportunity? You know, we've got we've got problems here and I can solve them. What did that look like?
1: So one of the um biggest little secrets that I have is when you're going with apartments, you want to go during their down season. You want to ask them about your business or being able to do your business in that setting when it's downtime. So a lot of people don't move in October. A lot of people don't move in November. So those are great months that I found work for me. So if I was going to them, they needed to fill those spots. They had apartments vacant during that time and not really a whole lot of people wanting those because it was usually, you know, they're moving with kids. Well, you don't move in October when you have young kids who are in school. Mm -hmm. So that was the problem that I solved for them was I'm going to provide you occupancy. And then on top of me asking, I just didn't say, oh, I want to run an Airbnb out of your place. Like that will get you a no really, really fast and maybe hung up on. (laughs) So so I had to present it to them as a business. These are the measures that I'm going to take to make sure you do not have these type of problems. You're going to get your rent on time. Mm -hmm. We're going to vet our guests so that people aren't coming here for parties setting an age limit of those who can actually rent the space. So those different things, put all of that in place and letting the property manager or homeowner know, here's this is what we're going to do to make sure you don't have any other problems. And the problem we're going to solve is you're going to get your rent on time and maybe even before the first of the month or whenever it's due. So that, for them, solved that problem. And also uh, maintenance issues we're going to take care of maintenance issues that little small things you know the towel rack coming down so just kind of explain to you know them this is what the kind of tenant you're getting i'm going to take care of everything
0: that's awesome that's awesome hey there str sisters it's your girl stacy here bringing you the game changer for your short term rental business cleaning and it is called turno Ladies, we are all in the business of creating unforgettable guest experiences. And guess what? It starts with spotless properties. That's why I'm thrilled to introduce you to Turno. This amazing tool is all about taking the stress out of your turnover process. And here's the kicker. Turno aligns with your booking calendar for flawless scheduling. You can say goodbye to missed cleanings and hello to pristine properties. The auto payments, photo checklists, and problem reporting features, they are just cherries on top. And all of your communication, well, it's streamlined in the one convenient app, keeping you and your cleaners perfectly in sync. Now, just for you, here's an exclusive offer. Sign up for Turno through turno.com backslash STR sisterhood connect with a cleaner, complete a cleaning, and you will snag a $150 Amazon gift card. It's time to experience the ease and efficiency that Turno brings to your STR business. Again, go to turno.com backslash STR sisterhood, and let's transform your cleaning process into a smooth, stress-free experience. And I also just want to share a huge thank you to Turno for sponsoring this episode and for helping STR owners everywhere achieve cleaning and hosting perfection. So, all right, I'm going to fast forward a little bit. So you got your first two yeses within a short amount of time. And as you evolved and grew, your next operational model became ownership. So you started off with one operational model, which is definitely something that I'm passionate about teaching folks, as you know, inside the STR Success Accelerator program, focus on one operational model first and nail that before you start expanding into additional operational models. So. I want to talk with you a little bit about when you went from arbitrage and you expanded your business into buying your first short-term rental. Talk with us a little bit about what that time frame was like and how you chose your market for your first ownership. Yeah, position. so
1: we I was going through this process of you know dealing with guests and understanding you know, what it is that they need, what kind of concerns they they are having. So I really just listened to the guests when it you know, came to switching over. And the guests were telling me things like, you know, the pool wasn't clean. The gate was broken, things of that nature. Those things I cannot control. So the reason I left the nursing was because I was not controlling my destiny. So then our ownership was like, OK, this is the next step you know, I started doing my research on ownership. Is this possible for this this young woman to come from the projects and have two houses? Like I can do that. So I I couldn't even believe it at first. And then as I started getting more into it, getting the right mentorship, I was like, okay, I can do this. And I think I might have a clue where I want to go because Everything in my backyard, like I said in Florida, it, it just wasn't working for me. So I was okay with taking on a remote situation where I had to, you know, develop something. And so I start. I picked my market, and and I picked this market because it was close to home, my original home in Louisiana. And so I saw it on a list. Then I saw this this place on another list, air DNA sends out these forgotten beaches or, or things like that. And I was like, I know that area. I used to live there. I gave birth to my daughter there. There's something here that's pulling me back there. And so I started to, you know, go into that and figure out, okay, what is the next steps? And I found like, you know, ownership. I was, I found that I couldn't find the place exactly how I wanted it. And I was. this was all about me being able to control my destiny, remember? So I wanted to control that. So after looking at a couple of properties, my realtor came to me, he, he understood and he knew about short-term rental. He had short-term rentals of his own. So he knew what I was trying to create, what kind of space I was trying to create. And he says, here, there's this property here, a block away from the beach. Like you can literally stand on the property and look at the beach. And I was like, what? I get to build it myself. Like it, it was, that was crazy. Like I'm asking people to have for a seat at the table, but now I get to build my own table. Mm-hmm. That, that was, that was huge for me. And so yeah. we started new construction, interviewed, you know, contractors. I connected with one of the contractors and I told him I want him to build wherever I go because he was phenomenal with helping me navigate the whole new construction process. And he would only he would allow me to send furniture. To that's people. amazing. <laughs> like it was crazy. He was, he was, he was awesome. So that's how the whole new construction came about. So we have a brand new home, beach house. <laughs> I love it. I try not to book block it off too much because I want to be there but yeah I know <laughs> but that's how the, the whole ownership started yeah
0: yeah and I always you know joke with people that oh darn I have to go to the beach and check on my property this weekend what a rough life this is you know <laughs> I know but that's awesome and I love that that your realtor you mentioned had short-term rentals of his own because you know I'm curious to get your thoughts on this I think it's so incredibly helpful when you are working with a real estate agent that understands you know how the short-term rental investor mind thinks Mm -hmm. and you know I think so many times unfortunately Real estate agents don't really understand number one, real estate investing, and number two, short-term rental hosting. And I can say that because I am a licensed real estate agent, and I know they don't teach you that stuff, right, when you're going through real estate school. So I think it's really fabulous that you found someone that you could trust, that you know you knew had experience in in your shoes. I'm curious, how did you find? that realtor?
1: Oh, the wonders of Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> so I went to local groups on Facebook, you know, I was like, okay, someone has to know, like, this is not a huge city, right? So in in this town, you know, most people know each other, like, it's, it's so easy to know what someone else does. So I went to these local Facebook groups and said, Hey, I'm looking for, you know, a realtor for my short term rental investment. And so, You know, a couple of people refer, I I like referrals more than I like people say, oh, I do this. So I just started interviewing, you know, over the phone, who would be a good fit for me. And one of the interview questions that I asked was, do you have any knowledge of the short-term rental ordinances? And so when he told me where I could and where I could not provide a property, I was like, ding, he's the one. He's going to understand what I'm trying to do here. So,
0: Amen. Amen. And you still hear those horror stories, you know, today where unfortunately someone purchases a property. They have not been educated in checking zoning and local city and county regulations and they purchase a property and lo and behold, they find out that they can't operate. A short term rental. So I love that that you asked your real estate agent that. That's great.
1: Yeah, yeah. And he was he was just phenomenal um, with, you know, making sure I was in the right location. And it just so happened there was another person that I was acquainted with who was looking for a short term rental in that space. And when she told me that she had put down her earnest money and she sent over the the Zillow listing where she was going to purchase, and I said, you cannot. Do short-term rental in that area. Mm-hmm. And she was like, What? I say, like, call the people, do all your research. I said, You cannot do that in that area. You're going to be stuck. Yeah. And she found out, of course, that I was telling the truth. And she went ahead and just left it, left it on the table. She left the table. She was like, I can't do anything with this property. If I can't do short-term rental. So that was, you know, the beauty of me knowing something and then spreading it to other people too.
0: Amen, sister. And and I think that's so important. Oftentimes I think it's easy for us to operate in our own little bubbles. Obviously, we're all so busy. We all are balancing, you know, growing our short-term rental portfolios. We're balancing hosting, we're balancing our family, our kids, taking care of our home, let alone taking care of ourselves. But I think it's so incredibly important to look for those opportunities to pay it forward and just go out of your way and be intentional about helping someone else. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm actually going to ask you a question about that in a moment. But before I go there, I want to then have you walk us through your journey from ownership into co-hosting. So once you nailed that property and understood the process of, you know, purchasing and and building your your short-term rental, how did you decide to start co-hosting?
1: Well, I really didn't decide to do that. It just kind of <laughs> fell in my lap. Like, seriously, I was in, you know, in groups talking about, you know, the experiences I had and how I resolved them. So I became a person that people could reach out to for different things. If they had an opportunity or if they had a problem, you know, they would reach out to me. And so someone reached out to me and said, you know, there, I know someone who needs your help. And I'm like, what kind of help do they need? You know? So I had a discussion with that person, with my current owner. And she was like, I need you to help me with this property. I don't understand why it's not getting booked the way that it is. Currently, I have a property manager, but it is a big company and they're not very responsive. She also let me know that. Their response time was maybe two to three weeks. And they actually had a recording when you would call them, said so that you would, you're, you're, you would be answered in two to three weeks. Wow. I, that blew my mind. So I was like, okay, I've never done this before. Let's do that. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, but while I'm doing that, I have someone else reach out to me and say, hey, can you help me with my property? And so I was like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll help you you know, so I'll do this co-hosting thing. And oh my gosh, it was, it was horrible. (laughs) It was was not a good fit. And I remember reaching out to you and saying, Stacy, what what, what do I do here? This, you know, this owner is not doing this. She doesn't want to do that. There's no pillowcases on the pillows. I mean, it's just, I didn't know what to do or how to Mm -hmm. handle um, that situation because it wasn't a good fit. And I didn't know how to leave that um, situation. And you helped me to figure out, you know, how to bow gracefully. Mm-hmm. And then you also, I want to say, make me understand that I am valuable. My time Happy. is valuable. Mm-hmm. That for me, you know, if I'm going to help someone, they have to be willing to help themselves. Yes. And, you know, so you just let me understand that th- you can do this, but, you need to set up parameters in which mm-hmm. to do it. Yeah. And so that was very helpful. So when I actually had this one owner who really wanted to work with me and do, all, you know, do all the things to make this a, a success. She, after about probably two or three months, I was operating her property and she was getting booked. She was sending me text messages like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe all of this, keep coming. And she offered for me to take on more of her properties. So I went from one to six within wow. three, four months of working with this person. And it has been great working with her and understanding this is what I am looking for. I am a co-host who wants the passive investor who will just hand it over and say, run with it. And I will deliver. Like I work harder on other people's property than I do mine because Barbara said it and forget it. But I work my tail off trying to make sure that my owner is pleased. And so that is the type of co-host that I needed to be and that I am now. I love
0: that you have set boundaries for yourself. I love that you have determined who your right fit client is. Mm-hmm. I love that You, it sounds silly to say this, but that you have experienced the other side of that. This type of client is not the right fit, so that you can identify that early on in the future. I'm curious if you don't mind just sharing what it is like for you having worked with someone who's not a good fit versus someone who is a good fit. What Are the differences for you as a business owner, meaning it, does it drain your time? Does it drain your energy when you're working with a client who's not the right fit? How did that impact you as an individual when you were supporting that person?
1: So what has happened now, I'm in a phase of, I don't have to say yes, or I don't have to feel like I need to say yes and helping this person. Um, because everyone is not a good fit for each other. My style may not fit with the owner. And I really and truly want the owner to have someone who fits their style. Now, I, I say no. If I don't think that it's going to be a good fit, it is not about money or any of those things. But if I feel like this, this owner is going to need more than I am willing to give, because now I have set boundaries. I do not need to be up at midnight, one o'clock in the morning, trying to, you know, take care of a situation. I am in control of my own destiny. And that is what I live for day by day. I'm controlling my destiny. It's not asking anyone, can I take off this day? I can go on trips to Barbados and not even worry about a thing because I am controlling my own destiny.
0: Amen. That gives me goosebumps to hear you say that. I love, love, love that. And I saw the pictures of you, I'm assuming, in Barbados with your adorable hubby, and you just celebrated your 20-year anniversary, if I'm not mistaken. Yes,
1: 20 so, years.
0: <laughs> so good. So good. Congratulations. Thank you. And I want to also, if you're okay with it, ask you about time, because as we obviously grow and expand our businesses. our responsibilities grow and expand, our time requirements uh, become more challenging to manage and you know time on your calendar really becomes a limited commodity. I'm curious as you have grown your business, how you've navigated an increasingly full calendar and workload.
1: Well, the thing is the calendar. At first, I didn't have a calendar. I was just doing whatever I needed to do when I needed to do it. <laughs> yep. So that would mean starting at 8 a.m. till 2 a.m. in the morning the next day. People would call, would text, and just all throughout the day. And so I would stop what I was doing. I would do this and you know, talk with them, help with them. So now... My time is okay. You have to be on the calendar. Like, I these are the hours that I am available. Yep. And let's put it on the calendar. So, that was that was the first thing was knowing that I needed to put these things on a calendar. Um, that these text messages I can't keep responding like and stop stopping my work. So, creating the calendar, creating days like Money Tree Monday. So, (laughs) um, Money Tree Monday is like my. Favorite day because I get to look at my financials. I get to look at what tech am I using that I really don't use? Mm -hmm. Um, What in my business can I shake off the tree? You Mm -hmm. know, Mm what do I need to actually have to make this happen? Or is there any other systems that are, you know, a little bit more affordable? Yeah. Yeah. I'm a frugal person. I, you know, people don't think that I am, but I am very frugal. You know, I like quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. So th- that was another part of it. You know, social media Sunday. I have <laughs> I have names for almost
0: every day. <laughs> I love it. See, I love that. You know, I have financial Fridays. So I love that you've made this your own, and it it makes it more fun, right? Mm-hmm. When when you have dedicated days in your business that you do certain types of tasks. You can look forward to it. It's structured, it's predictable, and it's fun. Yes, yeah.
1: yes, I love Money Tree Monday. No one likes Monday, right? It's Money Tree Monday. You gotta love Money Tree Monday.
0: Amen, sister. I love it. So you structured a calendar where people could book time with you. You time block on your calendar mm-hmm. your own work that you need to get done. Anything else that you've put into place that has helped you navigate a busier workload?
1: So one of the most recent things I did was taking your advice and downloading this app called Motion with an M, Motion. And let me tell you, it has got my entire life together. (laughs) Isn't it amazing? (laughs) I love it. I'm like, I put in a task, you know sometimes i just brain dump okay and that what are you what it is that you need to do and mm-hmm. so i just start you know creating those tasks and in, uh, in motion and they just flow together and here's the thing too at the end of the day and i still have three four tasks guess what i get alert and you still have these tasks that you need to complete. or they will roll over to the next day and make my next day a little bit too busy. So mm-hmm. it helps me to be accountable for completing the things that I need to complete and just have an idea of, okay, if I do this, then I can tackle this and get mm-hmm. this off my account. Like I like doing complete tasks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love taking complete tasks. I'm like, oh, I did something because before because i was jumping around so much i really didn't see what i was getting accomplished in a day right yes it's totally right when you
0: don't track your activities it's hard to have clarity in all the great work that you're doing and and celebrating those wins which is also super duper important yeah i think we don't do that enough we don't celebrate wins enough no we so, don't i love that this is so good. All right, so now I want to move to the lightning round, okay?
1: Uh-oh, oh
0: And I'm going to ask you to answer with the very first thing that comes to mind. This should be mostly easy. First question is, where is your favorite place to vacation?
1: Ocho Rios, Jamaica.
0: Ooh, when did you go there?
1: Oh, gosh, we have been going there probably for about four or five years. We started out with a family trip like okay we want to we want to go somewhere exotic. My daughter loves to travel so she usually picks the places and so we went to Jamaica and we just fell in love. Like every place we go to we compare it to that yeah. particular <laughs> place. Yeah. And it's crazy but I we love love Jamaica. Love
0: I the only time I've ever been to Jamaica I w- stopped there for a cruise. Mm -hmm. And we went snorkeling as an excursion there. And I love, love, love snorkeling. It was the best snorkeling I have ever done anywhere throughout Mm -hmm. the Caribbean, Mexico, Hawaii. It was so incredibly gorgeous. I just want to go back and snorkel. I'm sure I could turn into a big prune, you know, (laughs) sitting in the water for five days straight snorkeling. But it was so beautiful.
1: Yes, and be it's beautiful thing. and relaxing, and mm-hmm. you know, it it takes me out of my comfort zone. Like I cannot swim a lake. I can't swim. I don't go into water more than three feet. But I will just do whatever there. We, mm-hmm. we went to this place called Dunn's River Falls, which is very popular, and it's nothing but water gushing at you. You climb in a rock. I I thought I was going to die, <laughs> but loved loved it. I was like, oh, I did that. <laughs>
0: You did that. You did that. So cool. All right. What's one place you've never been that you want to visit? Niagara Falls.
1: Mm, that is beautiful. It is that beautiful. It is something about listening to water fall. Is it's so it gets in my soul and just makes me feel happy. Yeah. So even though I can't swim, remember? <laughs> Don't (laughs) jump into the falls. Just look at them. (laughs) I just want to look and hear them. I I, I just love. So that's one of my places that I really want to go to in this lifetime.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, what's one thing you know now that you wished you knew when you were starting out in
1: short-term rentals? That it's not passive. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I wish at the very beginning someone had told me that. And that's not to say I wouldn't have done it because Mm -hmm. I do love it. I love Mm -hmm. it, but I had to create my own way of having some things to be passive. Mm -hmm. So at first I got in and I thought it was going to be passive, and I think most people get in thinking this is just going to be a little passive, little side hustle, and it's you know. So that's not really what it is. Mm -hmm. It requires work, a lot of work, especially in the beginning, learning different things, but. You know, some people say that loss is like you lose a whole lot of things. For me, every loss was a lesson. Mm -hmm. So as long as it was a lesson, then it truly was not a loss. Mm -hmm. So just finding that whole, you know, way to get around me having to manually do things all the time. So, yeah, I wish someone had told me that in the beginning. Yeah.
0: I think what you just said is so important about, you know, It's not a loss if there's a lesson in it. I always share with people, as you know, to fail forward. You know, if we're learning from mistakes, those mistakes become fabulous opportunities in our businesses for us to grow and evolve and improve what we do when it actually is failure is when we don't learn from those mistakes and we don't optimize for the future. So I love that you said that. All right. What is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? That
1: it doesn't have to be perfect. Hmm. This has to be done. Yes.
0: I, you know this, I'm a total recovering perfectionist. And sometimes I have better days than others in the, in the world of recovering perfectionists. But I think it's so, uh, so true. Done is better than perfect. And do you ever have days where it's harder for you than others?
1: Yeah, I do. I do, and when those hard days come, I'm like, okay, what is? I still say, what is this trying to teach me? Mm-hmm. And if I experience the same thing twice, like I don't like experiencing the same things twice, especially when they're they're not great experiences. So mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, how do I make sure that this never happens again? Mm-hmm. When they start. Coming all, you know, like in one day, like, you know, this is going on with the guest, this is going on with that property bubble. So when they hit, I'm like, okay. And then you need to stop, you need to pause because I really feel like when you're going through something multiple times, it's because God feels you didn't get it the first time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I love that you have that ability to take a step back. And to look in the mirror and, again, improve yourself because I think it's really easy sometimes for folks to just focus on the problem or the issue at hand. And, of course, the problem or the issue needs to be dealt with. But as business leaders and CEOs of our own destiny, I think it's so incredibly powerful to be able to take a look in the mirror and say, if I work on me, Mm -hmm. I am going to make leaps and bounds movement in my business.
1: Absolutely. So good.
0: Okay. Last question. What's one thing and or person that you're grateful for today?
1: My family. When I tell you this is This has been like a roller coaster ride, but they have been there 100%. I'm so grateful to them because they are in it with me. Like I hear a lot of people start this and they don't have the support, but my husband, like he's our maintenance person sometimes. Mm -hmm. He's my researcher. He's my person who says, oh, this sporting event is happening near one of your locations. My family walked through the, Airport. When they when they travel, they have a T shirt with my QR code on the back of that T shirt. I love that. So, so they are walking billboards for me. Yeah. They I get text messages all the time. My brothers, my mom. Oh, so and so said they're going over here, and they, they could probably stay at your place, you know. And so the my family has supported me like one hundred percent maybe a thousand percent mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. my daughter she loves building things whenever we start a new probably she wants she doesn't want to move furniture she doesn't want to do all of that she wants to sit there and build oh girl we we need your daughter all over the place okay no <laughs> i call her barbara the builder
0: <laughs> it. i love it oh so good so good. Annette, if folks want to find out more about you or get in touch, what is the best place for them to find you online?
1: Instagram. Instagram is great. I'm my handle is NurseNets A E B.
0: I love it. Annette, thank you so much for being you, mm-hmm. being the helpful person that you are and and sharing your light into the world. And thank you so much for being with us.
1: Thank you this opportunity. It has been phenomenal. And now I can check this off my goal, 2024.
0: (laughs) Yeah, baby. (laughs) Now, before you go, girlfriend, I want to give a quick shout out to some amazing women inside the Female Short-Term Rental Investors Facebook group. Just a few days ago, Diane Fegley posted, how do you handle and what do you say when friends, acquaintances, relatives insist that you don't need to pay for cleaning because they're going to clean your unit themselves? We had more than 90 women jump in and share their suggestions and feedback. Now, one of my favorite responses came from Kristen Marie Kane, and she had a great suggestion saying, I give them a choice up front, no cleaning from the prior guests, meaning they can clean when they get there themselves, so I can put that guest fee toward the clean after their stay. I don't give them another option. If asked, I tell them that Airbnb cleaning is a little different than a normal house clean and our cleaner has this method down. What a great suggestion, Kristen. Thank you so much for sharing. Okay, my friend, that is it for today's episode. I hope you have an amazing rest of your week and I'll see you very soon. Hey, sister! Thanks for listening to the podcast. I wanted to let you know about a free resource my team is providing—the STR Success Blueprint Strategy Session. If you're looking to take your STR business to the next level, or heck, even just get it started, this free one-on-one is something you won't want to miss. You'll discover new tools for your STR business and outline an action plan that will help you achieve your. Goals and reverse engineer your STR success. This session is your chance to get the help you need to succeed. Schedule your free STR Success Blueprint strategy session right now by visiting StacyStjohn.com backslash success.